cliffcentral.com. Hey, thanks for joining us on In Conference with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite podcast platform. This is the show where you get to meet the people that I meet as a professional speaker traveling the globe. And if you're a regular listener, you'll know that often they're business people, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, famous folks, rock stars. I get to meet some really interesting folks. None of them, though, have done for me what this gentleman that I'm about to introduce you to has done this year. Um, I sat and heard my guest, Rusty Lubbers-Cuckney, talk the other day for the very first time. He has a story that will raise the hair on the back of your neck. It is absolutely remarkable. It's almost unbelievable, and yet, wow, it's just superb. Mark my words, this is going to be one of Southern Africa's hottest speakers in the 2017 arena. His name is Rusty Lubbuskuckney. I'm going to break tradition and say his website is therustystory.com because when he tells you his story, I'll give you that at the end again, you're going to absolutely freak out. Um, Rusty's joining us now from Cape Town on a Skype call, and it's a pleasure to have you with us. Rusty, you've got a story to tell, sir, that is absolutely remarkable. Tell us about it. How are you, Michael? Thanks so much for allowing me on the show. Um, <clears throat> Michael, I grew up uh, in Zimbabwe, fourth generation Zimbabwean, in a cattle ranching background, and got into the safari industry, became very successful, and during the land invasion uh, mayhem in Zimbabwe, got framed for drowning a fish poacher on Lake Kariba. I had a fishing resort there. You and got framed for drowning a poacher? Yeah. I... Uh, there was a, I took a fishing a party up to my fishing resort, and uh, well, I had conflict with a fishing cooperative there for netting fish in our in a no, in a breeding area and a no netting area. Mm-hmm. And I was forever cutting their nets and and taking them in. And a friend and I went out uh, tiger fishing, and on our way back, we saw two fish poachers who immediately started paddling hastily for the shore in an effort to get away from us. And I drove my boat towards them to scare them off. And the wake of my boat tilted their boat, causing them to jump out into the water. And then my friend and I watched as they, the water was about one and a half meters deep, and they there was about three meters from the shore, and they, they ran off into the bush. And the next day, the police arrived, and we were accused of drowning one of the poachers. So in a nutshell, I was framed by the poacher, the police, because the next day they took the, the, when the police arrived, they took the poacher with them. They didn't, there was no body, there was no evidence, no Nothing. Went through the courts, no evidence whatsoever. And during that time when uh, it just got politically, uh, everything got very political. The whole case got political with uh, demonstrations outside the prison and, and, and during our remand time. And I was convicted for 15 years and uh, had five suspended. So I spent 10 years in prison for something I didn't do. Now, they sent you to prison in Chikarubi Maximum Security in Harare, Zimbabwe. Prison anywhere isn't a joy. Chikarubi maximum security is just hell on earth. I mean, it, you know, how did you cope? And knowing you were innocent, and this story has all been proven conclusively, by the way, that Rusty is entirely innocent of this, yet you still served 10 years in one of the most notorious prisons in the world. It must have been hell. Michael, one of the big things when you're innocent and you're in there, the first thing that goes through your mind is, why me? Am I, am I different to everyone else? Have I been put here to be protected? Um, 
And by being put here to maybe make a difference one day, just a whole lot of things go to your mind. And then it wasn't only that, Michael, it was the conditions. Mm. The, it was the emotional stuff as well, but the conditions, like my first day in there, as soon as you arrive, I, my first year was in Kami Maximum Security Prison outside Bulawayo. And they make you strip naked. You walk in there stark naked. You're the only white guy. There's a thousand black guys. And you're terrified, really terrified. And then they took, uh, they give you one set of clothing. For the first eight years, only one set of clothing was allowed at any one time. Then they took, took me up to my cell. It was 13 meters long by three meters wide. We were 78 guys in there. 78 people in 13 by 3 meters. Yeah. So, you, and you, there's no furniture whatsoever in any prisons in Zim. So there's no beds, tables, chairs, cupboards, nothing. It's just blankets and water bottles on bare concrete floor. And in our cell was a chalk mark, 33 centimeters each. That was your sleeping space. You were packed like sardines with legs all crossing over in the middle. And you all faced the same direction. When you turned over, it was all together. And then as cushioning against the cold concrete floor, you'd fold two of your paper-thin, worn-out, last-ridden blankets several times to fit your 33 centimeters, and then you covered yourself with a third one. And then the other horrific thing, Michael, is, is we only had one set of clothing, and there were no basins or taps in the cell. And we had to wash our clothes in the cell toilets at night, wearing a blanket, and hang them on the walls with smuggled book staples to dry by the next morning. Wow. It was hell. And then in 2005, I was transferred to Chikarubi after exactly one year in 2004. And it was a much newer prison, so things were much better, and we got a little bit more space. There were about half a meter, so you could at least lie on your back. But the lice, Michael, the, the lice were hectic. They just bit you day and night and drove you crazy. I mean, in your blankets, in your hair, in your clothes, just always there, just drained you slowly, year after year. But um, in 2005, Harare City ran out of water. So for three years in Chikarubi Maximum Security Prison, each prisoner was allocated only one plastic cup of water a day. And that was one cup of dirty orange city runoff water from a nearby dam. That was to drink, clean your teeth, wash your face, bath, wash your clothes, everything for three years. My God. That was hectic. It was hell. The food? What was the food like, Rusty? We got in the, you know, the land invasion started in 2000. So by the time I got in, I went in in April 2003. And the food shortages had started already. Now, remember, I was there during the Zimbabwe crash. So by the end of 2003, food started running out, seriously. So we we got one meal a day, and that was uh, pup and boiled cabbage. When there wasn't boiled cabbage, there was beans. But there was, there was no meat, no veggies, no dairy products, no, no nothing. It was just pup and, and uh, boiled cabbage. And the death rate was unbelievable, uh, Michael. In the first six years, I watched over 2,200 people die just where I was, never mind countrywide. There were people dying everywhere. When I moved to a medium security prison in 2008 and nine. During the cholera outbreak in, in Zimbabwe, hmm. of 1,200 of us prisoners at Arari Central Prison, 432 guys died in My eight God. months. 
It was unbelievable. What about your fellow prisoners, Rusty? I mean, you know, people listening to this now, I mean, the hair is standing up on the back of my neck again. I mean, you know, you, you're in there with murderers, genuine bloody murderers, rapists. I mean, how long did it take you for your nerves to wear off? Were you safe? Yeah, Michael, I slept beside ruthless rapists, hardcore armed robbers, uh, uh, serial killers, and innocent good men. And you never address anyone on his crime in prison. Hmm. You judge everyone on face value. And in the beginning, I got into a lot of rough moments with, you know, just misinterpreting guys. But there were many good men in there that helped me continuously, keeping me strong, positive and happy as possible for prison. I have to ask you the question about rape because most people will be thinking about it. Did did you suffer a rape in there as well? Uh, Michael, I never did pick up the soap, that was for sure. <laughs> but but um, I didn't thank God the answer to that is no. But they did try. After just a few months in my first, um, in Kami Maximum Security Prison, the head prisoner, tall and wiry, kept on touching my backside every time I walked past him. And if there's one thing he don't do to me as a man is touch my backside. It just does my head. And I warned him and warned him, and eventually... He did it one more time, and that was just too much. And I, I let fly, connected him perfectly. Everyone scattered all around, and he was left out cold on the floor. And the message was out, don't fool with that guy again. Wow. And you, and you have to do that. Otherwise, if you don't stand your ground, you will be walked over. Now, it's a hell of a story, and I'm, I'm rapidly racking my brain thinking, you know, you need to come on again, Rusty, and we'll do another episode of this. But I, okay. want the, I want the whole element of this to come through, because when I watched you give your presentation called Living in Chains, it was also called Lessons Learned. And whilst your story is horrific, and everybody listening will empathize with you, an innocent man jailed for a wrongful crime that you didn't commit. Yeah. But you learn stuff from this. You've emerged from it. I've met you. You are one decent, bloody human being, sir, and it's a privilege to know you. But you've learned lessons in your own way. What What do you share with your conference audiences when you speak to them? What you know? What, what apart from the horror of the tale, and it, I know in the time available, you've only given us a glimpse of it. You know, in a speech, you'll give a lot more. But what did you learn from it? How did you recover from this, Rusty? The biggest lesson I learned, Michael, was forgiveness. You know, the, the humiliation of being labeled a murderer until the conditions that I was living under were really hard to deal with, as was the pain of my bitterness, revenge, anger, hatred, and frustration for what they'd done and were doing to me. Mm-hmm. It was eating away at me. I hated them bitterly. And initially would lie there for hours, wishing every terrible thing on each of them in turn, the poacher, the police, the judge, the ministry, and all who were involved in my conviction. And then one day, I was struck by the realization that I was just beating myself up for nothing. I was carrying all that in my head. And in, in the end, the, the biggest thing, the lesson I learned, the biggest lesson I learned was true forgiveness. And I now know what Nelson Mandela meant by true forgiveness. And it, true forgiveness is inspired by, the, by God Almighty. Michael, it was just a huge weight up my shoulders. And I just said to myself, I remember exactly the words. I just said, let God take care of everyone else that's done this. Let me just get through what's been put in front of me. And, and I believe that our lives are planned before we get here. 
And if that's the road that I have to walk, then you have to believe that. There's no other option. And that was the biggest lesson. And then a positive mental attitude. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've learned not to let past thoughts hurt me, Michael. The past only exists in your head. It can only come to life if you let it. And to be able to find positives in all the negatives going on around me brought hope. Hope was a huge thing in my incarceration. And then happiness, you know, to find happiness in even the smallest things that happened in prison brought health. Those who couldn't died. Life in prison or in Las Vegas is still just life. It's what you make of it, no matter where you are. I had everything I could ever wish for. And in moments, it was all gone. So those were the two huge things. Um, and there, there were other lessons like, like resilience. You know, no one, there's no formula for resili- resilience. It's just about being knocked down and having the strength to get back up again time and time again. But no one ever tells you how to be resilient. And none of us like to admit it, but we've all been knocked down many times, whether it be physically, emotionally, or financially. And it's our ability to bounce back that makes us who we are. And now you're, you're leading conference audiences. I mean, you get standing ovations every time you speak, and it's deserved, let me tell you. It's, you are one remarkable speaker. And again, this 15-minute podcast can't do you justice fully, although it's heart-stopping in, in points. I mean, you're, you're talking about a personal, transformative, and authentic message that I've seen a conference audience respond to where grown men weep um, and people come up to you afterwards and just love you. You know, we, we've got about a minute left, Rusty. It, the joy now of being out, of living here in South Africa and giving back in terms of your own story, it must be an amazing thing. I love it. It's just, uh, it, it's part of my healing, Michael. And uh, when, I, when I see how I affect people and how I've changed lives and, and the feedback I get, it just makes me want to get out there and just spread my word. And it just makes me walk a whole lot taller than I normally do. Wow, and you're a tall guy anyway, so you're walking very tall at the moment. Cause, and mark my words again, people listening to this, if you want this guy to speak at your conference, he is bloody brilliant. Rusty at the RustyStory.com is Rusty Lubbers email. The RustyStory.com. You've got to go Google this. It is, when you see it in all of its, whoa, it's just crazy. Rusty, I hope people Google you till it doesn't stop, my friend. I've got to say farewell. Thank you for being with us. Time is against us, but promise me you'll come back and be on a 2017 podcast with me as well. Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate that. I'm humbled by his story. Rusty Lubbers Cockney, that's in conference with Michael Jackson. That's the caliber right here on cliffcentral.com. Thank you on behalf of Rusty and myself for being with us. Cliffcentral.com.